you for listening to this message from the North Gate. Before we get there, I have been talking about a new day for several weeks. Actually, for about three months. I felt that when the Spirit of God began to move upon the next generation, um, I uh, knew that we were heading into something different. Anytime God does something on the youth, um, when God something does on our teenagers, we know the announcement that God's doing something in the earth. I'm just telling you. People do not realize when we talk of the 12 disciples, that we all think it's a bunch of 40-year-old men, and it wasn't. You know, I've said this for years when I was a youth pastor. Um, the disciples, the oldest one would have been probably Peter. He was the only one that was married, and he was probably around 24, maybe 25 at the most. When John the Beloved said that I'll take the call to follow Jesus, he was probably about 14. When Jesus was crucified, John the Beloved, when he laid his head on his chest, was 17 years old. So when I look over at Trenton at 14 and I look at Caden at 17, those were the guys that Jesus said, I need you to change the world. Yes. When, when, when God looked at a 14-year-old that said, if you'll follow me the rest of my days, I'll use you to transform the cosmos. And so in that, when we see God begin to move on our teenagers, because guess what teenagers ain't going to do? Majority of teenagers are not going to fake the funk when it comes to encountering yeah, Jesus. Especially teenage girls when makeup starts running down their face and their hair gets a mess. And th Listen, that is 100% Jesus, okay? Because... Just you got. We have a teenage daughter. We know how she is, and so those that have teenage daughters can say Amen, Hallelujah, praise God. And so there's a degree of when our children start to encounter. I would say the strongest dimension of worship tonight was when I heard Holy Spirit say, "Grab Livy and put her on the stage and let her sing with the other girls." It takes away nothing from anybody on the stage, but there was a purity in Livy's worship. I looked down and saw Livy going for it. She's singing to the top of her lungs. There's no insecurity. There's no fear. She knows who her God is. She's worshiping him. And out of that purity, I pull her on a stage and put a microphone in front of her. And guess what she's not doing at that moment? She's not performing. There was no performance, but you also know what was not there? Fear either. She was comfortable enough in this room, in this environment, in this atmosphere that we have been setting on a 24-7 pace inside of the new day that we can pull, what, an eight-year-old girl, nine, eight? Where we at? We're getting close? Too young. Seven. Seven years old up on the stage. She's not performing. She's not trying to look cute. She literally has never done that before except for at a Christmas program. So she gets up there and she starts singing as loud as she can in the worship of her goddess. And you could feel Yahweh begin to kiss that in the room. Because why? Because we all didn't sit and go, oh, look, the cute seven-year-old singing. We started going with her to the heavenly realms. I'm looking at her dad going, it's better this way. And I watched his worship change. And then I look over at her grandma and I look at Lisa and I go, it's better this way. And I watch grandma. And so I watch three generations begin to go after God. And God said, I'm going to roll back something on the North Gate today. And you could feel the room begin to shift. What was being rolled back? Poverty, the orphan spirit, all of that is getting moved. Darkness is fleeing because a citadel is worshiping their God. And in that, we worship him in spirit and in truth, and things start shifting and moving. We're in a new day. 
And inside of the new day, put, Rome, put Romans up there for me. Inside of the new day, we're going to begin to see that when we begin to understand that we are his beloved. That's why I love any time that in the Passion Translation, when God begins to speak, he speaks to us as beloved because we have to understand that we are his delight. Anytime in the Bible, if I could sit and get my board up here and begin to talk about covenants and talk about kingdom and covenants, anytime there's a covenant in the Bible, God deals with a man and he deals with the land. Anytime a covenant was made in scripture, God deals with the person and he deals with the place. And we're going to have to begin to understand inside of this new day, it's got to be me first. It's got to be you first. It's got to be us first. Somebody has to be the me. Somebody's got to be the you. And together it will be us. And we have to do this inside of a new day. So some of you right now across the board have listened to Hebrews 10 for literally three months. I've preached out of Hebrews 10 for three months. Some of us in the room are getting, we're going to find creative ways to honor each other. We're going to come into this house and we're not going to neglect gathering together. We are going to make it a point to get in here and pray. Get in here and go after God. We're setting an atmosphere. We're setting a temperature. We're setting something up that God's going, ah, they get it. Oh, they get it. They're not putting structure to it. All the announcement is, is get in the room. All the announcement is, is whatever you were doing yesterday, we're transforming into the newness of today. Whatever we were doing yesterday, Northgate, or whatever, watch this, whatever we were doing the other day, overtaken. See how this is so being set up that we don't have an issue with watch, watching the spirit of God move to such a degree that it changes our name. We're moving to such a degree, we don't care. First building move, second building move, really fourth building move. If you count my house, the glory barn, the gym, the first place in Streetsboro, this place, and we got one more move to the center. And every degree, he's changing our day. He's changing our name. He's changing you. Everybody in this room is understanding they're more beloved today than they were yesterday. You're understanding that he's good. You're understanding that he's faithful. You're understanding that his words are true. We are becoming a people that are understanding we are loved by God and we are his delight. So we're becoming Hesabah. So understand this. The next part is he marries the land and that's happening. And here's what happens. We have to have Mama Tammy come in who's not been here for seven years going, whoa, this place is changing. Apostle Digo's just from the last time, 2019, till now, this is changing. Brothers are going, do you see what's literally happening? Then the mayor gets on social media and says, four new businesses will be in this month. Four new businesses. Come on, Northgate. Four new businesses. Isaiah's prophecy, there won't be a desolate place in the city of Streetsboro. Why? Because a group of people said, we are the delight of the Lord and your land is Beulah and I'm going to marry it. You're my beloved friends. What should our proper response? This is to be intentional. Done coming to the house of God. Done coming to church with move me. That's arrogance. That's pride. Man, if they sing a good enough song, man, if they preach a good enough word, that doesn't work here. That doesn't work here. That doesn't work here. That does not work here. You didn't come to your house. You came to his house, which is your house. Yeah. 
And so in that, we've come here to give him glory. We've come here to give him honor. We've come here to give him praise. We've come to engage him in the house of God, in the place of Bethel, the house of the Lord. We have come to encounter. Every time we come in here, we should encounter him. Why? Because God inhabits the praise of his people. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. So what happens is we've... We're not leading. We're not instructing. We're not fathering. We're not pastoring. I don't beg you. I tell you. Do you think a shepherd begs his sheep? That's why God's about to raise up some prophetic evangelists to step into the role of a pastor. And real, can I get real? It's religion that made pastors the head of the church when it was supposed to be apostles the whole time. Why? Because we can control pastors better than you can control an apostle. You can tell a pastor you're hurting my feelings and he'll make you feel better. You tell an apostle your feelings are hurting, he'll tell you give her your feelings. Somebody better amen me. Why? Because emotions have ran the church long enough that we're not seeing thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're appeasing people. So we might as well pass out pacifiers when they come through the doors so you get what you want, so you don't whine and complain and get offended. Mm. I'm gonna preach a little bit for a second. Because that don't happen here. We don't give you pacifiers. We give you permission to be as radical and as wild as you want to be and go after God with every fiber that's within you. So it's a new day. And we keep shifting into new days. And as we shift into new days, guess what we're finding out? We're beloved. We're allowing him to change us and transform us. We're allowing him to see us like never before. Why? Because we should have a proper response to what? To God's marvelous mercies. I used to make religious people so mad when I'd be like, why do you think you get to come to church? They sing a worship song about your God and you get to stick your hands in your pocket. Well, brother, well, brother, what? You're just gonna wait till the sweet by and by to jump around and get crazy for God? We're gonna worship there forever. So should I say this? We're gonna worship here forever. (laughs) Might as well get started now. Might as have a proper response now. Might as realize he's biggest deal now as when I see him in the sweet by and by. He's just as much God in the spirit as he is in the flesh. I know God is still God and God don't never change. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. He is God in the heavens and he's God on the earth. When I was a kid, they used to sing, he's God on the platform, he's God back at the door. We need to change it to say he's God in the heavens and he's God on the earth. He's here. He's near. He's near. And we have a proper response to God's marvelous mercies. So I encourage you to surrender yourself to God. Surrender. You know what surrender means? When you're in here and your insides are exploding, just go wild. Just give it. Just just throw them up. Just throw them up. Just get them up. Just run around. God, I can't. I can't take this love, this awakening. I can't take what's going on on the inside. I cannot keep it inside. Don't. Don't. 
I'm just going to be real, man. There are some nice, amazing, meek people in this church. Beth Cutright is meek, and I love her. But she's bold in his presence. I, I saw it today. I was like, ooh, I wanted to run. I'm watching praise and worship. And I saw Lisa Bollinger like right here. What's going on? She knows she's loved by Abba. What's our proper response? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifice. This does not mean don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss. Holiness is not a set of rules. God is holy, so he's not rules. Oh, let me just run. Let me just run. Let me just punch religion in the face. God is holy not because he follows the rules. God is the most holy entity on the planet. Religion, hear me, not because he follows the rules, because he's fully who he's supposed to be. If you become holy like he is holy, it means you're being who you're supposed to be. God. I love that I am like firing religion up. Holiness is you're not drinking and you're not smoking and you're not watching movies and you're not. God ain't never drank, ain't never smoked. So we go ahead and put rules going. If you follow the rules, you'll be like God. No, you know how you be like God? Be who you're supposed to be. That's how you're like God. If you want to be the image of Christ, be like him. Jesus didn't walk around going, better not get mad. Better not do this. Better not do that. Better not do this. I don't even know if he spoke like that. We made Jesus out to be that. Well, brother, you're giving people permission to do whatever they want to do. No, I'm not. I'm actually giving permission for people to be fully alive. And when you make a mistake, he loves you. And when you screw it up, he loves you. And when you mess it up and you blow it big, his arms are wide on a cross saying, come here. Ah, I love it. I love it. I encourage you to surrender yourself to God, to be his sacred living sacrifice. Be you and live a holy life. Be you and live a holy life. Be you who God intended you to be. Live a holy life. Be who Holy Spirit tells you you are. Religion, kick in the face. Kick in the face. And live in holiness. Experience all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine. My goodness, it's like I almost preached the Bible a little bit. Holiness and surrender will lead you into your most genuine expression of worship. Holiness, which means be you in the image of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, be in love, and you'll find a genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. Freeze. 
Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> we think when Paul's talking that he's only speaking about Rome. It sounds like he's speaking to church folk. So if you're living in holiness, do I believe he was speaking to Rome? I do, because it's the book of Romans. But I also believe he's speaking to religious people. Stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the religious culture around you. Come on, man. I mean, really, if I'm acting like, I mean, if I'm acting like the world, I probably shouldn't be pastoring. Right? Right? Many of us don't act like the world, but you know what we do? Act religious. Guess what the biggest killer of revival is? Sin. No, it's not. No, it's not. The biggest killer of revival is religion. What seems right to a man, the end therefore is death. God's spirit starts moving and the darkness don't rise up and say, stop. Religion always rises up. So you can't do it like that. You can't do it like that. Kids can't be jumping around up front. Can't be, can't be praying in tongues like that. Can't be laying hands on the sick like that. Can't be having church on, you guys ain't having church on a Sunday morning. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Guess what they're trying to convince you to do? Stop being the original, authentic expression that God loves. Yes. We sent pictures the other day. We, 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 we saw uh, Jimmy Lovejoy and Tina Lovejoy International Ministries. We were making jokes. We were looking for a picture while we were down in Mobile. And I was looking for a, a Naz, I was actually looking for a Nazarite Jimmy. And I couldn't find Nazarite Jimmy, but I found Church of God Jimmy. <laughs> and I started passing the picture of me around in a suit and tie, and everybody's cracking up. Everybody's cracking up because not only did I have a suit and tie, but me and Tina had matching suit and tie. And she had matching dress and matching skirt because we were the man and woman of God of the power for the hour. We were there. Oh, shut up. Do you know what you're doing? I was putting on Saul's armor and I was still seeing people get saved and I was still seeing them delivered and I was still seeing them set free. But the people were not coming fully alive to the goodness of God who had dad who had to coach a baseball game and then come and father a group of people. I'm not bound by your religion. I'm not bound by your religious ideals and ideologies. I'm not bound by your theologies either. I'm called to do one thing. Seek him. Go after him. Because Paul, everybody, everybody loves the Apostle Paul. If you love the Apostle Paul so much, then why don't you read Hebrews 5? Ooh. Ain't nobody preaching on Hebrews 5. Because he said, why are we still preaching on baptism? Why are we still preaching on theologies? Why... Paul says, why are you still on milk? I know a dude named Philip who transported 20 miles to the next city. Why are you, you preaching on a baptism? Is it Trinity? Is it in his name? Is it, what, 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 why are we talking about this? I'm his. I'm his whether I got baptized in water, whether I got baptized in a swimming pool, whether they threw water in my face, I'm his no matter what. I'm his because he says I'm his. I don't need, need to be baptized. I'm his because he said I'm his. The Bible says I'm his if I believe I'm his. It doesn't say I had to be baptized anywhere. If I believe that I am his and he says that I'm his, then I'm his. Yeah. 
His word is more powerful than any water in his name. Oh my God, I'll run. Why are you still preaching on baptism? Why are you still preaching on theology? Why are you still preaching on hermeneutics? We need to encounter the mysteries of an almighty God who created the universe. We're arguing over the Bible and can't figure out science yet. Why am I so intense tonight? Because we're about to read Ezekiel and he's crazy. Ezekiel is not from here. Ezekiel understood the new day. He understood who his God was. And he would be called a heretic. And he would be called a lunatic. If, I, if Ezekiel was alive today, they, you think they call us a cult? Like homeboy would have more hate mail than Donald Trump. All because of who Ezekiel knew his God was. Because he was genuine. He was authentic. He was not in, caught in the imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you. Whether it's religion or darkness. He was being authentically loved by God. And he heard something different than everybody else. And where did he hear for it? He heard it inwardly being transformed by the Holy Ghost through a total reformation of how you think. When it really hits, when it, when it really hits, my inward world was like tonight. I'm getting to a place right now I could be done with lyrics. I'm just being honest with you. When we were in pre-service prayer and Armin was just being authentic, my insides were going, save the world, heal the world, deliver the world, change the world, reform the world, revival, 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 revival. We're not coming in here every single day to pray for a nice Bible-believing church to get crowded. That's not what we're praying for. I watched Ashley McCoon in here. That I don't think she knew I was in here. I watched her boldness by herself, declaring over Ravenna, declaring over her family, speaking reformation. She was Romans 12. Her inward world was transforming the world around her. Oh, it was crowded in here. But it wasn't because we're a good Bible-believing church. It's because she was tapping into the cosmos. And there were angels all in this room going, you're right, you're right. Really what they're saying, you want to get King James on them? Every time she said something, they were going, amen, 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 amen. Let it be, so be it. I agree, yes. You know why you're finding more angel wings around this church now than you've ever felt? Because we've tapped into a new dimension of intercession and prayer and they hear you and go, amen, amen, I agree, let it be. And then they go, shh, shh, shh. This is a place of penile. The port age has an open heaven and Ashley, you sent us. Just praying for people to get saved. No, not, not here. Not here. Jacob's ladder's here. Not here. Not here. Let's get real scriptural. Not here. Not here. These are memorial stones. Like Jacob. Nations 
are being transformed here, aren't they, Adam? Adam whispers in my ear. I see the dimension shifting as triangles like in a Rubik's Cube shifting and moving. He doesn't know I had a dream one time in this building. Apostle Aaron was on one side, Apostle Dan was on the other side. And as we begin to worship between Apostle Aaron and Apostle D, they would reach up and their arms would get bigger and their hands would get bigger and they would just move the heavens around. You know what that means? Everything's coming into place. Everything's coming into alignment. And all of a sudden, the last piece is all I did was praise, all I did was worship, was click. You can't stop it now. Religion can't stop it now. Your religion can't stop it now. You can't explain it now. What? You did what? You tapped into what? The youth group walked into where? What happened? What? Like, the school's doing what? Like, the school's shut down and they're all praying on the football field? What? Like, who what? Like, the bars have turned into houses and worship and prayer? Like, what? Like, what? Like, Days of Azusa Street, what? Like, huh? The Welsh Revival, what? First and second grade awakening, what? Toronto, what? Brownsville, what? Streetsboro, what? Mobile, what? Covington, what? Are you ready? Are you ready? It's a new day. You can't do it the same way. Stop neglecting creative ways of tapping into what? What, what, What's Hebrews 10 all about? Going boldly to the throne of God everything they sang about tonight. I have full access. Lucifer don't want you to understand that. He does not want you to get that because he even can't do anything anymore, but he can still go there. If he is going to go there and spend the rest of the time in the lake of fire, how much can you go to heaven? That are blood-bought covenant in relationship with God that'll never be broken. He can go there, but you can't. He can go to the throne of God and make petitions after Peter, after Moses, but you can't go and change the world. That's why the biggest deception into the body of Christ is don't pray, don't speak, don't, don't talk to God. Don't, don't, don't. Let me get you so busy. Let me get you so busy. Let me get you so busy because if you start praying, the land will get healed. Whoa! Are you, it's the new day right here. Romans 12 is the new day. Hebrews 10 is the new day. Romans 12 is the transformation. Holy Spirit, watch. Holy Spirit, Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Now watch. God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask you, listen, hear me on this. I would ask each of you to be emptied out of self-promotion. Why? Because the first two verses is you're a big deal. So you can't step into elitism. The first two verses is he tells you you're about reformation. You're about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So I can't allow you to step into pride, so I need you watch. I would ask that each of you get off Facebook and stop making it about your perfect, amazing life. I would ask, some of y'all need to listen to this because you like some dumb stuff. You're actually tripping people up. They're not living their best life. You want to know why? Because they're not connected to the body. Look at me. Some of you won't look at me because you know it's you. Stop liking dumb stuff. 
You're hurting them. You're not helping them. You're hurting them. You're hurting them. If they are in the best place they've ever been with the Lord, then they are going to be so rooted in the kingdom family. Not doing their own independent slanderous thing full of pride. They're going to be helping their brother. They're going to be helping their They're going to make sure that the right hand doesn't take all the weight because they're the left hand. And if the left and right hand have it, they want to make sure that they're a leg and they want to make sure they're a backbone and they want to make sure they're confident and they want to make sure not just who they beg and choose Burger King style, who they want to hang out with in the body. John said, if you don't love who you can see, then you don't love me. I love how we just like don't talk about those scriptures. But they're beloved. Yes, they are beloved. They're beloved to come back to the body. They're beloved to come back to him who is the head of the body. They're beloved to come back and get in this reformation of the body of Christ doing something great in the cosmos. And it's not going to be about self-promotion. It's not going to be about me. I would ask that each of you be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. You need to start looking at people's fruit. Oh, it is quiet in here. It is quiet. It was so fun in the beginning, Pastor Jimmy. It was so awesome, but I'm sorry, I'm apostolic. Because listen, you want to know how you become lukewarm? Anything that is raging hot that gets around anything that is cold or lukewarm itself, it changes your temperature. But I'm not coming in agreement. No, it's called proximity. then how do I know to get around somebody? It's called one word, vulnerability. Honor. Let's say this again. Honor. Vulnerability. Honor. Vulnerability. Honor. Vulnerability. Do you hang out with people outside of this church? Yes. You know what I see in them? Honor. Vulnerability. I don't see pride. I don't see self-promotion. If I see that kind of stuff, we probably don't mix well. I'll probably offend you real quick at some point sometime because you don't live a standard that I live. You're not all in as I am. So I'll rub you the wrong way. And then you'll think I'm the crazy one. But the crazy's gonna come get you anyway because it's love. The crazy's gonna come get you anyway because it's love. You're gonna find out how loved you are by him and you're gonna find out how loved you are by everybody else and the love's gonna overcome your sin and the love, love's gonna overcome your pride and the love's gonna overcome your, your self-promotion. I didn't write this. Quit getting mad at me. I'm just giving you a narrative in today's society. This is Facebook. This is social media. This is true or not true. Can we agree on that? Can you say amen on that? All right. Thank you. Let's get past it. Y'all got mad at me. Y'all got mad. You're having so much fun. You're going to change the world. And then I tell you to stay away from self-promoting people. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's half the people I hang out with. That's half the people's stuff. I like, you know what cracks me up is when I see you like somebody's self-promoting stuff and then Apostle Damon, Brynn, myself, Prophet Mike, somebody else writes something kingdom and you don't like that. It shows me where you stand. It shows me where you stand because you think you're going to win them back. Nope, they're actually just waiting for an opportunity to show you how stupid this place is. 
They're just waiting for an opportunity because it's a mocking, deceptive spirit that wants to divide the body of Christ. Well, we don't talk about devils in this. Well, the devil's real. So are demons. I might as well give you a little heads up. Guess what? You're beloved. Let's get back to that. Because some of y'all are getting your little feelings hurt and you shouldn't have brought them to church. Oh, here we go. Or you should have yielded them in worship. There we go. Oh, God. He's being so, he's being so sarcastic now. Here, let's make everybody laugh. Did I hurt your little feelings? Here we go. <laughs> Tina's like, you're being such a punk. If she slaps me on the leg, I'll stop. <laughs> watch, watch, watch. Everything was about pride and self-promotion, right? This is the Bible, right? It's your Bible. Say yes. Say yes. My Bible, my God, my Jesus. God-given faith is a standard of measurement. They do, they have fruit. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. When you empty yourself out and you're not self-promoting, a lot of times you'll lose yourself inside of I'm not good enough or the false side, I'm too good. Okay? Watch. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. So it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, We've all been mingled into one body. Say one body in Christ. This means that we are all virtually joined to one another with each contributing. This is where people are getting mad at me in this house right now. You're going to serve somewhere if this is home. Somewhere, I don't care, somewhere. Because when everyone does a little, no one has to do a lot. And this is not some denominational church where we're going to stick grandma in the nursery and make her watch kids every day till she goes home to be with Jesus and then find the next person that loves little kids and stick them in the nursery. Nope, everybody here is a mom and dad. Everybody here is called. Everybody here is chosen. Everybody here is sent. Everybody here is valuable. Everybody here is a body part. Everybody here is contributing. And so in that, God is calling you to your greatest place of authenticity so that you can supply to the body of Christ. We're getting ready to go have fun again. Y'all got mad at me. It's like you got on a roller coaster and the first hill was like, oh, it's awesome, this is great. And then you went around, oh, it's awesome, this is great. And then every roller coaster has a middle part where it's just like, really? Really? Like, really? Really? Like you were supposed to be awesome the whole time. We're gonna get awesome again. There's more loops coming. Calm down. Just stick your hands up. <laughs> everybody's a contributing part God's marvelous grace imparts something in our inner worlds to each of us as varying gifts watch varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely authenticity and unique everybody's different but everybody's together everybody's different but everybody's together so if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy you must activate your gift by using your portion of faith you have to Paul why do you make this so easy so when I come in here as the leader, it's not about me. It's about God and it's about you. It's about me first, you first, us first. Me first, you first, us first, right? So inside of this, you becoming authentic, everybody prays, everybody worships, everybody prophesies. To everybody, a gift and a portion is given to all of you. Faith, a portion. 
Prophecy, a portion. Healing, a portion. Leadership, a portion. You guys tracking with me on this? Everything in you is a treasure. You just have to unlock it by doing what? Using it. And guess what? Most leaders in churches don't want people to do. Use their gifts. Use their gifts. Use their gifts. Why? Because we got to work on your character first. No, the gift, the call of God is without repentance. It's in you. And if you tell people they're beloved and you allow them to authentically be their self, and you set an atmosphere first of not ministry. Here's the problem. Don't have a deliverance service. Don't have a healing service. It's all the kingdom. If he wants healing, he'll heal. If he wants deliverance, he'll do deliverance. If he wants salvation, he'll do salvation. But you know what we've got to do? We've got to let him be God, worship him, let him invade the place, and then let you be authentic. You know, I actually believe the flow of our services sometimes is controlled by your level of authentic worship. When those that carry the big gift of prophecy get buck wild, prophecy gets buck wild in the room. When those that carry healing get crazy in the room, healing happens in the room. When those that carry the gift of evangelism get crazy in the room, then evangelism starts happening. But Romans 12 just told us all of that comes loose when you're you, when you're holy. I didn't smoke a cigarette today. Stop it. Stop it. I didn't cuss today. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Nonsense. 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 If God can speak through a donkey, the donkey just has to be willing. I have watched men. I've watched a Muslim man prophesy to me. When... Saul wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing when he got in the atmosphere of the son of the prophets he was going to kill David and kill Samuel but there was an atmosphere by some authentic left handers you gonna make me get crazy there was some unique that when Saul came with an agenda to destroy and divide the ones that's why it's about unity you get so mad when I tell you to quote liking stuff on Facebook. Why? Because if you actually like this and you actually like this and you actually start liking this, you'll win them back. I'm done. I'm going to set my microphone and leave. Greatest revelation of salvation for everybody is make an atmosphere where you get in one mind and one accord and the people you want to come back will actually come back. You continuing to divide the house and be kind of lukewarm and not be all into what we're doing here is what's postponing prodigals coming home. Why do you think Lucifer's biggest, biggest deception is division? I'm going to throw something. Like, I just want to throw something. My insides are shaking. He really has no power at all. He's just the great manipulator slander that makes you focus more on yourself to realize that you don't belong a part of a body. Because David wrote, it's like a sweet oil when the 700 left-handers get together. You got to start listening to your apostle stuff, first of all. Because when I say left-handers, you should like kick a chair. Like, you should thank God we're having church on Saturday night and not coffee and donuts and fake Starbucks just because they have the cup doesn't mean it's Starbucks. It's Folgers. Starbucks can't sponsor every small church in America. (laughs) Brother, we got Starbucks. Come join our church. No, we've got God. 
come join our church. God's present. God, Jehovah Jireh is present. Jehovah Nisi is present. The Lord of great victory is in the house. <laughs> Do you know why people spend, watch, there's people that's left this church five years ago still spending their life trying to divide us. Let that sink in. Don't you think the devil or demons would be like, brother, you left five years ago. Why don't you leave him alone? Why don't you just stop? Listen, they're a cult. They're stupid. They're not right. They're not right. They're not right. Their teaching's not right. It's demonic. It's abusive. It's... Why? Why do they continue to do that? Because the devil knows this is the real deal. So Abba and his goodness goes, I'm going to keep weeding this place out just like Gideon's army, just like the upper room because all of a sudden a subtly is going to happen and the earth is going to shake. So why have I for 10 years keep preaching a message of unity? Because when it shifts into place in Streetsboro, in Mobile, in Covington, in Albury, in Redding, California, because I got to talk about other churches or people be like your elitism. Just because we actually love our apostle and we love our kingdom family. But we're also connected to Chillicothe. Oh, and you guys don't even know what pieces are about to move with Apostle Mark. Something's happening. I've been so good about not leaking this. I have been, come on, man, I have been good. I'm the worst leaker on the planet. I'm being, I double high five. I'm being so good. I want to leak right now. I want to leak right now. My insides want to leak. I want to tell you guys it's awesome. Ah! I'm a leaker. I'm a beloved leaker. <laughs> ah, if you notice, like Mary Ellen and Nika and Mike and those that have worked with me are cracking up because I'm a leaker. <laughs> I'm being so authentic right now. <laughs> Listen, if you have the gift of prophecy, then prophesy. If your gift is serving, then serve. Not just serve, thrive in it. Thrive in serving others. Well, this is the new day. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching. Well, brother, I need a Sunday school class. No, you don't. You just need to be in front of somebody. You need to follow the word of the Lord like Joe Channel and you need to go sit with four Amish men and tell them about the goodness of God. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then watch, then use it often and encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then you may prosper in your generosity without even, with any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, I think I'm doing this well. (laughs) I 
I think I'm a passionate leader. Don't tell me I don't follow the Bible. Don't tell me I don't follow the word of God. He ain't preaching. I am passionate. I'm having so much fun tonight. I don't care if you don't. If you're not having fun, I'm having a, my inner world is so awesome right now. Me and Jesus are having a blast. Oh, if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish. I made read it twice. You got to be faster than that, then. You got to be quick draw. Verse 9. I already did compassion. I'm displaying it right now. Maybe not. I don't know. Let the inner movement do. I feel the joy of the Lord, my God. I kiss your freaking head right now. Dude, oh my gosh, I feel the joy of the Lord so big. Oh, this is so good. He is so good. I mean, I'm about to kiss a grown man. I feel so good. Oh, woo, man. Like, guys, do you see what I'm reading here? This, man, and we made Romans 12 so militant and so narcissistic and legalistic. And tonight, Romans 12, man, I don't want to do it like anybody else. I don't want to be anybody else. I want to find the authenticity that Ezekiel found. I want to let the inner movement of my heart always be to love one another, to never play the role of an actor wearing two masks. I want to love my life and love everybody in it. How do you get there? I'm telling you, the Lord showed me this week, Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, man, I stopped simply and got my kids Subway and little buggies in the back and then he just goes, thank you, Dad. I'm telling you, the whole atmosphere of our car. Ed Heaver said before his dad died, he said, I spent a lot of time praying, asking God for things. He said, but man, he got it though. He got the revelation of thank you. We don't have to ask. We got to say thank you because it's already done. We don't have to keep asking and begging God. I'm telling you, he's already doing it. He loves you. He loves you. He's already doing it. So don't wear a mask of an inner world that makes you angry or makes you frustrated. Just say thank you. When it's bad, say thank you. When it's good, say thank you. When it's bad, say thank you. There was a multitude, 50,000 people, some 5,000 men, and then the Bible says women and children needed fed. So I would say anywhere from 10 to 50,000 people, depending on the size of the families. Some 5,000 men, women, and children. 5,000 men, women, and children. He grabbed small portions When you think you have nothing, look at me. When you think you have nothing, look at me. The body needs you. When you think you have nothing and you think you are nothing, this is when you need to say, me first, 
You first, us first, me first. Who's me first? Thank you, Jesus. It'll you'll be thanking Jesus, and together we'll be thanking Jesus. The me first isn't give me. The me first is thank you, first worshiper. When you have little, say thank you, and he'll turn your fishes and bread into enough to feed everybody. Enter his gates. Why did we get in this so fast tonight? Because you entered his gates with thanksgiving authentically. It wasn't fake. It wasn't fake. Releasing a sound, releasing a dance, releasing a clap, it wasn't fake. Thanksgiving changes something. So we begin to tell each other. We begin to look at each other. We have a great marriage. We have a great marriage. But I said, what happens when we start, Romans 12, start outdoing ourselves in one another in honor? What Every marriage that ends in divorce, they stop saying thank you and honoring each other the way they did when they first met. When, when you first taste the honey, when you first drink the wine, and you take the refreshing water of your soul that is available in this house, Apostle Damon said, when you begin to understand that and say thank you, something shifts. Thanking sh- something shifts. You honor apostle well, you honor brothers well. But I'm telling you, the next dimension of this house, this is a house of honor. We looked at each other and said, you want to know what? I'm going to outdo myself in honoring you. We are going to begin to outdo ourselves in honoring one another. Because this has got to start in your home first. But you don't understand, my marriage has little. Thank you. Me first. You first. Us first. I want revival in America. Me first. You first. Us first. In my home, honor. In my home, thank you. In my home, honor. In my home, thank you. Me first. You first. Watch. Me first. He said, don't be selfish. Don't be prideful. But they're not honoring me. Honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But they're not giving... Thank you. It was fishes and bread that were little for 50,000. And he said, I give you thanks for the two fishes and the five loaves. Watch what I do with your thankfulness. When you have little to nothing, say thank you. Because beloved, I need to tell you, Tenderly loving your fellow believer as members of, watch, one family. Look at me. Stop. For the sake of the cosmos. Stop. For the sake of the cosmos. Going after. He didn't tell you. You know why he didn't tell you? Because when the father who waited and 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 the father that waited and waited and waited and waited and the you're not even the mother of the father and the father that waited and waited and waited and waited and the father that waited and waited and waited and waited and the father who waited and waited and thanked God every day that his son was coming home not knowing when he was the father that said thank you my son is coming home and he waited with eager expectation that God would answer his prayer and he waited where he waited. He waited in the family. He waited in the kingdom. He waited in the highest part. Theologians say that in the highest part of the kingdom, he waited and waited and waited and waited and gave thanks to the day he saw the honor and the vulnerability of a son coming down the road and then he ran after him. 
for the sake of the kingdom, get in the upper room and wait 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 until you see the sun come home. And then you go and nobody in here was called to play hero, villain, victim. You were called to be seated, sons and daughters, in the highest place in the kingdom, in royalty, and wait till the son and daughter come on. Because why? Where's the greatest honor and thanksgiving you should give? Those in this room. I love that. Listen, I love you guys. Bless Apostle D. And you bless brothers when they come in here. But what about who's in this room day to day? What about who's in this room day to day? Watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm telling you, Buggy was a prophet. I get him food all the time. But there was something about on this trip, that little voice coming from the backseat. Hey, Dad, thank you. Melted me. What happens when you start telling God thank you? And what happens when you look at the people you live with in the same house? And instead of being a drippy, piece of water that becomes a nagging sound you're not changing anything by nagging but you'll change something by saying thank you what will you unlock you'll unlock authenticity inside of honor and thanksgiving why will you do that verse 11 y'all good with me i don't have my phone on me either so i have no idea what time it is 8 30 are you guys okay you ain't got nothing to do anymore but sleeping it's mother's day We need to be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. And this is what will happen to you, Ezekiel. When you don't want to be like everybody else, the Lord in the upper room while you're waiting for prodigals to come up. Have you ever read the book of Ezekiel? All hell's breaking loose. All hell's breaking loose in Israel. And you know what he's not telling them? Go get them, Ezekiel. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. You know what he's telling them? Go to a high place with me and prophesy. Ezekiel. Everybody wants to be John the Baptist, but nobody wants to be Ezekiel. And I'm going, why? Everybody wants to baptize a bunch of people and have them repeat a prayer. Or you can prophesy, serve, lead, evangelize, encourage, have compassion on. Who in this room? Authenticity, Romans 12 teaches us. Ezekiel gets caught up in the spirit. And as I looked in the spirit realm, Listen to what he said. As I looked in the spirit realm, I saw a fierce whirlwind and a massive cloud coming towards me from the... North. Apostle D said you're called to be the intercessors of the family. If this is your family, we're in here praying. We're in here praying. I saw a cloud coming from the north. With the approaching cloud, I saw raging flames of fire. I would say this gathering of people is a flaming fire. Oh, I can't sit down. This gets me all fired up. I saw a raging flame of fire. Flames enfolding themselves inside of flames. Wave after wave of flames. And outgoing, 
of the glory cloud was a radiant light, a citadel set on a hill. And the center of the flashing fire, I saw a substance of blinding brilliance with the appearance of electrum. And I saw standing in the middle of the storm what seemed to be the four living creatures, each of them with the appearance of the Son of Man. They looked like this. Each had four faces and each had four wings. Their legs were straight, but they had hooves like calves. Their hooves were bright and glistening like polished brass. All four of them had faces and wings, and each of them, supernatural beings, had a pair of human hands underneath their wings. There were their hands on all four sides of the living creatures. They joined one another with their wings, forming a square. When they moved forward in whatever direction they went together, whatever direction they went, they went together as a group without turning their bodies. And all four beings had four faces, a human face in the front, a lion's face to the right, and an ox's face to the left, and an eagle's face in the back. Their wings were divided into two pairs. One pair was extended upwards so that each one could touch the wingtips of the other one. They were always in connection. The other pair covered its body and each one moved straight forward, moving where the Spirit told them to go. And they did not turn as they moved. These living creatures looked like burning coals of fire, like blazing torches, flames flashing back and forth between the creatures. The light was blinding, and the lightning was flashing out of the cloud. And the living creatures kept disappearing, then reappearing like shooter stars in dimensions. As I observed the four-faced creatures, I saw the fourth shining wheels standing on the ground beside each of them. All four wheels looked entirely alike, glittering like sparing jewels and sparkling jewels. Each appeared to have another wheel inside of a wheel. And its wheels were able to go in any direction. The living creatures faced without turning the changing direction. The circumference of the rims seemed enormous and huge. It was breathtaking how large they were in size. All four rims were full of eyes all the way around. Regardless of the direction, the living creatures moved the wheels. The wheels moved with them. And when the living creatures elevated and levitated off of the ground, the wheels levitated with them, going in and out and in and out. The spirit in the living creatures was also the wheels. And wherever the spirit went, the creatures went with Holy Spirit. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, the creatures went with the spirit. The wheels also arose and went with them. So every time the creatures moved or halted or levitated, the wheels with all the eyes did exactly what the creatures did. Suspended above the living creatures, I saw something that looked like a platform. Spread out above them, the platforms was fearsome, transparent, shining like the sun, and sparkling glass. 
and under the platform were the four living creatures with wings outstretched and touching one another, never losing the attachment, each with a pair of wings covering their body. When they moved, I heard the awesome sound of their wings, and it was like the noise of rapid water flowing ferociously, like the voice of El Shaddai. Your movement should be like his voice. What if the... What if the sound of the upper room was actually the movement of one body being unified? Then as they stood still, I heard someone speaking from above the platform over their heads. High on the platform over their heads, I saw something that looked like a beautiful throne made of sapphire. And high above the throne was one who had the form of man. I saw what appeared to be upon his waist upward. And it was bright and a dazzling metal. And from what appeared to be his waist downward, I saw what looked like flames of fire giving off a brilliant light around him. The radiant light encircling the throne of Yahweh had in it every color of the rainbow, like on the day of the down outpouring of Moses. This was the appearance of the glory of Yahweh. And when I saw this, I fell on my face as if I were dead. And then I heard the voice of someone speaking to me. This is what you got to hear. You see, not religion, you see the throne of Almighty Yahweh. Welcome to the new day, Ezekiel. Your authenticity took you into all of creation. I'm going to throw something. Apostle Aaron formed Opie from going to Ezekiel's vision of a wheel within a wheel. The eyes around the four living creatures are the eyes of all creation. I'm going to throw something. Anything that can be, that was, and is, was seen from the wheels moving within the wheels. You know me, if I have my triangles up here, you know what I tell you? Ezekiel's wheel within the wheels are? It's the fifth dimension. What's the fifth dimension? It's us coming together in such a unity that a portal begins to open and close and living creatures sound like living waters. And Ezekiel heard a voice. And just like John, when John heard the voice and was caught up in the spirit realm, what did he tell John to do? Turn around. Change your posture. You're not in an old day anymore. Guess what he told Ezekiel? And Ezekiel too, he said to this to me, he said, son of man, he said, rise to your feet. Why? because he'd fell on his face like he was dead. And guess what he couldn't do? It was awesome in the presence of God to fall at his feet. But for what he's meant to accomplish in the earth, you're going to have to get up. You know what Ezekiel did? He stepped into the righteousness of Yeshua. When you're laying in a almost groveling posture, you cannot step into the creative place that you're supposed to be. So the new day, change it. Watch. 
New creation in Christ, behold, things all pass away, right? Today's the day of salvation. We can say what all newness begins. Newness begins with you changing posture. With you changing posture, watch this. He had to call him son of man. Why did he have to call him son of man? Because son of man was used what? It was the same son of man was used in a Hebraic sense when he talked to Adam. But watch this. When he called Adam the son of man, Yeshua was also called the son of man. Because being called the son of man was actually the Hebraic realm for being called a prophet. This is why I love Brian Simmons. This is why religion is like, King James only, you can't trust the Passion Translation. Because when you hear son of man, it says man stand up and move. When we hear son of man, it says prophet, get on your feet. And when God said, son of man, who told you you were naked? Prophet, who told you you were naked? Prophet, who told you you sinned? Prophet, who told you you weren't good enough? I'm going to God, I'm going to run. When God called Adam son of man, he called Yeshua son of man. He saw the same. And when he calls Ed son of man, he sees Yeshua. He sees you as the same. Abba sees Roger as Jesus. Abba sees Tina as Jesus. And I'm taking you into a new day, Ezekiel. And the nation's a mess. But I need you, prophet, to get on your feet. I need you to go tell the world what you saw. I need you to be a watchman on the wall. I need you to be a watchman on the wall. Ezekiel 3, son of man, prophet, I am appointing you as a watchman to the people of Israel. I'm appointing you, prophet. And what have we learned in this kingdom movement that you all may prophesy? Amos said, neither am I a prophet, though I'm some of a prophet, but these words I prophesied to you. What was the first thing that he said in Romans for us to see the authenticity of the earth begin to shift? Prophetic people begin to prophesy. Northgate, you are intercessors and prophets. Oh, brother, you better watch your point. I ain't put nobody in office. I did not put any. I'm actually identifying. This is why religion would be scared to death. I'm telling you who you're supposed to be. We're okay with calling you Adam. Let me just take a little jog. Let me just take a little jog. We are absolutely fine identifying you as Adam in sin, but we can't call you a prophet the same way he called him the son of man. He's calling you the son of man. And the same way he called Yeshua son of man, he's calling you son of man. And I'm telling you, Northgate, prophesy, speak life into a desolate nation. You're called to be the lookouts. Why did we think lookouts mean lookout for demons? You're the watchman. Adam, this is going to sow like... In the Hebrew, how many's ever felt like they've had a watchman call on their life? There's a watchman call in this house, but raise your hand. You've ever felt like you're a watchman? Raise your hand. Watchmans, watchmans, watchmans. All over the room, watchmans. Ezekiel, I'm calling you a watchman. Northgate, I'm calling you a watchman. I'm calling you to be on the lookout. The Hebrew means to be on a lookout. One who leans forward. See, Ezekiel was a watchman. He saw what's coming. 
and he sees what's now. Yeshua is going to bring that throne from Ezekiel 1, and he's going to set it up in the tabernacle of David on this earth. When I read Ezekiel 1, was your insides like, oh my God. It's the announcement of creation. Do you know what this tells me? I don't want to get raptured. Why would I want to go up when he's coming? Why would I want to go up when he's splitting the eastern side? Why do I? When the trumpet sounds and the rider on the white horse is coming down. Why would I want to go up? Because he's about to bring four living creatures a white horse, a throne made of sapphire. And guess what we're doing with our praise and worship in here? Brick by brick, stone by stone, we're building a throne. Watchmen's are called those who lean forward and to peer into the new day. You see into the distance. The primary purpose of the watchman was to look out for the new day dawning. Adam, son of man, why? Why do you think you're less, son of man? You're a prophet. You see the, come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. You're about to find out who you are, son of man. Why have I always been different? Why have I always been weird? Because you're a watchman, Ezekiel. You weren't called to imitate Romans. Why are you part of the weird church? Because you weren't called to be normal. Come on, I need some. Elder Mike, come on, Prophet Mike, come on. Come on, Apostle Bo, come on. Come on, church, pray. Come on, come on. Come on, stretch your hands this way. This is a watchman for this region. Son of man, stand up. Son of man, rise up. Son of man, what do you see? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you sinned? I called you prophet. So we send you this day into your post to see into the new dimensions of the new day, Adam, son of man, prophet. Northgate, we call you this day to see into the new day. Apostle called you to be the intercessors of the new day. What's the new day? For Zion's sake, 
How can you keep silent, Northgate? For Jerusalem's sake, how can you remain quiet? Northgate, hear me. For Streetsboro's sake, how can you keep quiet? For Portage County's sake, how can you remain quiet? Will you keep interceding, Northgate, till a new dawn breaks forth like a blazing light? And... Streetsboro's salvation will be like a burning torch, a citadel set on a hill. Nations will see your victory. Sons, a nation is a Jacob. A nation is an Israel. A nation is a son. Sons will see your victory. And every king will witness your blinding radiance. You will be called by a brand new name, Northgate. You are beloved. You are Hephzibah. Given to you from the mouth of Yahweh himself. You will be a beautiful crown, Northgate, held in the hand of Almighty Yahweh. A royal crown of splendor held in the open palm of Abba. You will never be again called the abandoned ones. Nor will your land be a desert. You will be called my Hephzibah. My delight is in you. I enjoy you, Northgate. And Northgate, your land will be my beloved wife, Beulah. Streetsboro will be Beulah land. For Yahweh finds his delight in you and he will marry your land. And as a young man marries a young woman he loves, so shall your builder sons marry you. As the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride, so will your God take joy in his union with you. Every kingdom builder stand up in this room. Every boss or foreman in this room stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, stand up prophetically. You stood up. You don't sit back down. Wherever you land work, you're going to be a boss. Entrepreneurs in this room, bosses in this room. He wants to marry your land because he finds you delightful. Will you stop buying the lie, son of man? Will you stop buying the lie that you have no value? There's resurrected kings in this room. Samantha, what happens when you go corporate? Promotion's coming to you. You keep having a standard. I don't care. I don't care who doesn't like you. You keep having a standard. I don't care who doesn't like you. Keep having a standard. I don't care who doesn't like you. Keep having a standard. He's delighted in you. He's delighted in you. He's delighted in you. He's delighted in you. You better get excited. 
You know what I hear? Here comes the bride. Oh, dressed in white. But you don't know my past. No, 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 stop. Stop it. Stop it, son of man. Take off your fig leaves because you're all dressed in white. Prophet, I love that the son of man means prophet. Same in Hebrew. Prophet, who told you to put on fig leaves? That's not who you are, Adam. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. You own rooted oaks. Quit thinking you're anything less than a broker, than an entrepreneur, than a millionaire. Look at me. You're millionaires. You're millionaires. Everyone's standing up in this room. You're millionaires. How do I know? I saw, I saw what the future looks like in Panama City. Stop thinking anything less than being a shaker and a mover. Stop doing it like Babylon. Stop even trying to think like Babylon. You are resurrected kings. Why did, some of you, why did you name it what you named it? Because you're a rooted oak. So don't shake. What's your name? It's a rooted oak. Strong winds can't even touch you. You're a resurrected king. Should never be anything less. Milk and honey is the only thing that flows out of your house and your marriage and your children. Milk and honey is the only thing that flows. Nothing else flows out of you. Ashley Manichi, nothing else flows out of your belly but milk and honey. Everything you rebuild is redefined. So you are redefined. Your children are redefined. Your company is redefined. And one day, Ravenna and Wyndham will be redefined. It's Alpine. So it's nothing but the highest elevation. It, you're thinking too small. You're thinking too small. Four trucks, four trailers, four crews, four living creatures, four circles, four trucks, four trailers, four... Four trucks, four trucks. He tried to show you his favor today. Four trucks, four crews... Alpine, it's Alpine, it's high elevation, it's Alpine. A three band cord cannot come here, Catherine. Come here, Mel. Come here, Aaron. Hold hands. A three band cord cannot be easily broken. Promotions come into all of you in every way possible. Why? To get you ready. For a kingdom daycare that don't need, we don't need the grants. We don't need the government. We have three daughters. We have three families. We have three daughters. Autism will be healed there. ADHD will be healed there. Come on, I need some people to pray. I need some people to pray. Autism, ADHD, dyslexia, learning disabilities will all fall at the knees of kingdom daughters. Yes. 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 Yes
Northgate, we're going to buy a daycare. Northgate, we're going to die. And we're not going to make it a means of income for us. We're going to show children they are loved by Abba. Come on, pray in the spirit. A wheel within a wheel's moving. A wheel within a wheel's moving. Whoa, whoa, there were sisters that left you and you felt the sting of rejection. But I'm telling you, this sisterhood will never be broken. This sisterhood will never be broken. He's healing rejection. Come on, he's healing. Oh, there's no abandonment here. You're not orphans. Show. What are we praying in the spirit? A wheel within a wheel's moving. You guys are about, many of you are about to see promotion. Some of you teenagers, I need to get out of your seat and get in your posture and just start walking back and forth and praying in the spirit. Why? Because reformation's here. Reformation has hit the land. Reformation has hit the land. Oh, why is it called twisted scissors? Because they'll never understand how they got to where they are. They'll never understand. A spa is coming. A spa is coming. A donut shop is coming. Come on. Whoa. A school of music is coming. Come on, pray it in. Pray it in. Why? Because these kids will be multimillionaires. We are lenders and not the borrowers. Father, I thank you that it will not be called a daycare, but a nurturing center. Because, Father, there will be a circle of moms that don't just care during the day, but they are nurturing the gifts within these children. And, Father, I thank you that just like that throne that had every color in it, that every color will be present in that day, in that nurturing center, Father, nurturing every bit of green, every blue, every yellow, every red. Father, everything in those children, full-spectrum learning we declare will happen. Full spectrum, everything that they are designed to be in the kingdom, it will be full spectrum learning. Come on, come on, begin to pray that donut shop. Come on, Jeremy's about to open a donut shop and it's going to make space for Mike's coffee shop. Come on. Sora 
feel like the Spirit of God is birthing revelation in Northgate in this season to the impact of the words that we have, that when we pray, we're not just asking for something to happen for us. We are posturing ourselves as the New Jerusalem, the mother that births something. See, we, we are the bride of Christ, but we are also the mother according to Galatians that's to right, right, birth right. something right. so as we're I think we do we just underestimate the power of our praise the power of our worship the power of our prayers yep. it brings us to a position to birth the very will of God into the earth some of you are about to to see this happen in your own life on a whole new level in this house as a family the impact of our prayers, the impact of our worship, the impact of our words is about to birth something. It's about to birth sons and daughters into the kingdom. It's about to birth the, the desire of Father God into the earth. This is a movement. This is a momentum where the words that come to us and flow through us bring change to the world all around us. <laughs> this is the season where we step into our true identity as sons and daughters of the Father and the calling we have to change the world around us. You need to take this serious. Speak to your finances. Speak to your family. Speak to your health. Speak to any challenge that is coming against what God has put inside of you. Your words have power. Our words have even more power. And when we allow the Spirit of God to unite us as the bride, as the church, in this region, we will find something shift monumentally. And it will never Stop as long as we keep hearing and speaking the word of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We agree. We agree. We agree. We agree. So I speak into everybody's finances in this room. Come on, you're the lender, not the borrower. Come on, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. I say increase. I say legacy increase. God, you will show us what to do with these finances for this region, God. God, we know what to do with the seed that you are giving us. As I was praying over the city, I heard you won't be known as a region of sand and gravel anymore. That will, there's bedrock below. And so we say to this city, 
dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper. You will not be known as, a, as the sand that gets pushed away, that moves in the storms, but you will be known as a foundation of bedrock. The minerals are down in the bedrock. The gold is down in the bedrock. The crystals are down in the bedrock. The silver and the gold. The oil that we need. All that we need is in this land. You will not be known as sand and gravel any longer. You will not be known as sand and gravel any longer. You have a foundation of bedrock. Dig deeper. So I say to the city officials, dig deeper. Dig deeper. There is more to this land. There is more to this land. You are Beulah. Listen, sand and gravel is nothing more than a rock break broken apart. She sees that bedrock because it is connection, everything we've been taught for the last several months. So when the sand comes together, it forms the boulder that the house can be built upon. I just want to declare something over the business, over the business owners, the entrepreneurs. There's something I shared with Papa Ed, Miss Jeanette, and with uh, Pastor uh, this just during the week. The Lord spoke to me in December and said, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous because the wicked are ready to spend it. All you business owners and entrepreneurs, you are getting ready to be positioned because the wicked are ready to spend their wealth and they're going to need your products and your services. And you've been spending all this time building your company in excellence because the wealthy are getting ready to release a great transfer of wealth into the hands of those of the kingdom. We're not going to be recycling money within the kingdom. We're going to take money from outside of the kingdom and bring it back to where it belongs in Jesus' name. Listen, there's a reason God positioned Mike into doing what he's doing. It's majorly subcontracting. So I declare as God marries the builders, all you construction workers, our apostle told you to bid on everything. Every bit, you're told, BB, bid on everything. Warren, bid on everything. Bid on everything, Justin. Bid on everything. Why? Because we can begin to subcontract it out. We can begin to partner and watch God begin to marry the builders to the land. But put a kingdom son over the foot. You ain't got to even step foot on it and get paid for it. So God, I thank you that you are about to flow finances through connection. I thank you for kingdom connections. This isn't about getting bigger. This is about bidding on everything. So during worship uh, tonight, I saw this um, garden of gold and I saw the Lord walking through this garden of gold and he started to begin to pluck flowers from just this garden of gold. Everywhere was just gold. And as he's picking these flowers, he's come 
cumbling them all together, coming together with them. And then I saw the Holy Spirit begin to lay them on the Father's table. And I said, okay, okay, what, what are we doing, Father? What are we doing? And he said that each place in the garden was a representation of the businesses here, was a representation. And it's it's a, a seed coming from your, your companies. That flower represented a seed coming from your companies. And that as they come, the seed comes to the father's table and then I saw him come to the father's table and he made a bouquet and I said what are you doing father and he said a wedding's coming and in preparation he's he's preparation I see the gold the flowers of all of our companies and all of our labor and all of our work and the seed of it is making a bouquet for the for the father's table for the mother and father that have started this. And I'll see the, the marriage ceremony. I saw it today. And the builder's sons are coming to gather the bouquet in the spirit. So I saw that. So Father, we just declare gold, the garden of gold that you come and you rest upon us. Father, I thank you for just the spirit of finance and increase and prosperity to be on this company of people, Father. I thank you for the marriage that's coming between the builders and this father and mother. Father, I thank you for the marriage and the wedding that's coming, Lord. I thank you and I celebrate the wedding of gold, Father. I celebrate it tonight and we just speak increase even more in 2023. We say increase even more over all the businesses. I stand as a daughter and I say increase for 2023. Gold, you will respond. You will respond to the sons and daughters that are here. You will respond. We just say with all authority, you will respond to the and the business that are represented here. Kids, teenagers, you better hear me. You better know what's happening in this room. You want to know why? Because you'll live in houses that look like in, in, in over there in um, Canterbury. I'm saying this over my own children tonight. You'll live in houses like that are on Diagonal Road around the lake. This is the way of life. I saw what four generations look like in an apostolic house. I saw it. Apostle Bo, I saw it. We're not sending you to Ravenna to be a part of poverty. We'll be sending you to change the poverty. Ravenna, get ready. Wyndham, get ready. Manaway, get ready. Aurora, you're going to be sending finances to us. And Hudson, you're going to be sending finances to us too. I'm telling you what I'm about to hear. You're about to hear a major deal that's going to break loose on the Aurora Streetsboro line that's going to help fund things in Streetsboro. 
Something in the level of industry is coming on the borderline. There is going to be a company that builds half on Streetsboro and half on Aurora. And Aurora is going to begin to give us some of their proceeds. Some of y'all need to go back and listen to Apostle D's stuff from early 2016. Any of you kids seeing or hearing anything? Trent, Nate, come on, come on. We got to hear it out of the next generation. We have to. We ha- you can't miss. Listen to me. They can't miss. They can't miss. They can't miss. So I heard this thing from God that with like a tornado house, different directions of wind coming together and destroying things and when something's not in union. And then God said, but when a whirlpool happens, everything's in order and everything starts to turn and shift and things start getting deeper and it pulls everything deep. And so I just heard that there's a whirlwind coming to Streetsboro where everything's going to be in alignment and everybody's going to start to go deeper and deeper. That's right. And it's just going to take everything and suck everything deeper and deeper. Come on. Come on. We say yes. We agree. We agree. We agree. We agree. Anything, seeing anything, hearing anything. Sis, T-Bone, Cuddy, anything. Um, so as we always talk about in the future, about how this plaza is going to be called Legacy Plaza, one of the first things I saw is it's not for the future, it's now. Come on. With our generation, with my generation already worshiping, going after God, that's his Legacy Plaza. And that's him building it. And I can see all the empty buildings and all the empty places in this plaza being filled with the next generation's stores and shops. And as people walk through them, they can't help but fall to their knees and say, God, you love me so much. Come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. In Streetsboro as it is in heaven. Me first, you first, us first. The gate that opens all of this is thank you. Me first, you first, us first. Thank you. When I feel like I have little, because we prophesied a lot, but you'll wake up tomorrow and the enemy will come say, you have little. No, I don't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How do we know Ravenna is going to be one? You sold your house. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We say thank you. Outdo yourself tomorrow and tonight in honor towards one another. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Gate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.